0: And I believe that
1: that's really why you're here. Christ died for
0: us. History Makers. Hi, welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. One of my favourite bands in the world is a band called Switchfoot from the USA. I've seen them perform in Australia a number of times. I have got most of their albums. I know the lyrics to most of their songs. I am a fanboy. I'm declaring it right now. And we are chatting to John Foreman on the line. How you doing, my brother?
1: Hello, how are you feeling,
0: <laughs> mate? Any fitter, I'd be dangerous. All right, all right, I like it. <laughs> now, listen, John. I have been in radio uh, since I was about fifteen years old, and I remember playing the Legend of Chin album on my radio show when it first came out, no thinking way. these guys are going to be big. And I think I was right, hey? <laughs> Man, I so uh, that that record
1: brings me back. My brother was still in high school when we recorded that. Oh, really? And um. Yeah, we yeah, we kind of since then um, dropped up and dropped out of school and kind of got it, our education on the road playing rock and roll.
0: Very cool. Now, for those who haven't heard your story, let's go back to the beginning. Where were you born and raised?
1: So I was born in California, uh, lived there for five years, then moved to Boston for seven years and moved to Virginia for four years, then moved back to California, and then that kind of... California always felt like home, but, yeah, we, we moved around a ton when I was a kid.
0: And your parents were in ministry. What was that like?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, everyone only knows their own particular experience, but I, I, I really love my parents, and, and I think they did an incredible job of trying to balance, um, you know, I'm sure the demands of, of you know, being being a pastor and yet never never putting that on me. I'm like... You know, they're, most pastor's kids are out, like, with fireworks and, and guns and and uh, all sorts of pranks and things. And, and for me, I, I was kind of, I think maybe surfing and rock and roll kept me out of trouble.
0: <laughs> and tell us a bit about your early career. Did you do other work other than being a musician after school, or did you just get straight into it?
1: I did everything, man. <laughs> I... The weirdest job I ever had was I sold concessions at a hang gliding port, <laughs> and um, yeah. But I've done. I would, I think for me, music was never an occupation. It was always, as, as far as like so, a, a way to make money. It was. It was just a beautiful way to spend your time. Um, I love. I always would. You know, even when I was a really small kid, would write songs and and uh, it's kind of like. You know skateboarding surfing any of those pastimes that i never thought of them as a, as a career path but I, I thoroughly enjoyed them
0: and did you ever perform as a kid like did you ever sing at church or in talent quest or things like that
1: for my first show that we ever played my brother myself and a friend of mine we were in the led zeppelin cover band in junior high <laughs> cool. and we played a pool party for for neighbor's house right behind our house and we were horrible. We were absolutely awful. And these older kids were at the pool party and they picked up our instruments and they played them way better than we did. And it was it was a, a humble beginning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and tell us a bit about your songwriting. Um, you started a, as a, a young fellow writing songs. How do your songs come to you?
1: Yeah, I was joke that, um, you know, coming from a Led Zeppelin cover band, when your voice changes, that's when you have to start writing your own songs because you can't hit the high notes anymore. <laughs> um, I think the truth of it is you start writing your own songs because you have questions, you have doubts, you have fears, you have things that feel like they can't get out any other way, you know. And so usually most of my songs come from from the things I can't figure out. And I've, I've heard the saying, "Write from what you know." And I think, for me, when I'm when everything's going great and I have no questions and no doubts, you know, I've, I'm out surfing with my friends. I'm hanging out, enjoying life. Um, and it's when I have fears and doubts, and I'm up at three o'clock in the morning trying to figure out why I'm here on the planet. <laughs> That's when I start writing songs.
0: One of my favourite bands in the world is a band called Switchfoot from the USA and we are chatting to John Foreman. Well, let's go through a little bit about the formation of Switchfoot. Uh, As I mentioned before, you know, The Legend of Chin, first album and then New Way to to Be Human, Learning to Breathe. I remember all those albums coming out and I grew up in a surfing town uh, on the beach myself. Uh, Just love the fact that you guys had that... Uh, you know that passion for surfing and that passion for good music, and I loved it because it wasn 't really preachy music, but it was thinking music it made you think a lot a lot of the songs you wrote, you know you did some worship stuff occasionally and you know some some really straight down the line stuff. but tell us a bit about that tension between writing something that 's really bold for God and something that's just creative that's going to get people think uh, thinking um how how do you balance that tension as a as an artist and as a christian you know how do you walk that line
1: I'm so glad that you you're picking up on all this i mean we've always tried to make music for thinking people as much depth as people want to go in on these songs you know we think through every lyric and every chord change um probably overthink them right <laughs> but i think for me I don't know that there is a line to walk. I think a, friend, uh, a hero of mine once told me um, that God doesn't need a lawyer. Your job is to be honest. And that freed me up from trying to satisfy someone else's preconception of what I should or shouldn't be writing about. Um, and I find it to be true when I'm listening to a song. If, if I believe the singer, um, if, if, if you're telling me a story that's true and honest, I'm all ears, you know, um, whatever our differences might be, I want to hear your honest song. And I, I guess I just expect the same for other people. And my job is to be honest and to tell the truth. Certainly, you know, as a believer, my doubts and and beliefs are going to play a huge part in it. But, um, it's, it's more about what is the thing that that you just have to say? Um, I don't know if it's a Dolly Parton quote or not, but, if you ain't crying, why are you singing it? That's kind of the motto that we have for most of our, most of our songs.
0: And I remember in those early days, you know, you guys were relatively well-known in the Christian music scene and the surfing scene, and, you, you know, you started out. And then, uh, 2003, Meant to Live and Dare You to Move, were all over mainstream radio and all over MTV and all over, you know, uh, all the video shows and everything. And and I was like, yeah, these guys, uh, uh, you know, have crossed over. That's the word that people use. You know, these guys have made the big time you know. Um, And then you started doing the Vans Warped Tour and you started, you know, doing all these big mainstream uh, concert events. And I love the fact that you guys... Uh, have been mixing with all those really well-known bands, you know, Matchbox 20 and you know all those other bands over the years. Um, How do you go uh, at those big mainstream events with all those other, you know, really well-known bands? um, How do you go connecting with the other artists? Is that uh, something you love doing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, fame is a construct where we put people on different levels and give them some form of importance or worth that's connotative to connotative to how, how many people know about them you know but underneath all of those illusions really you've got all of us just you know we're just kids that, that have questions and doubts and fears and insecurities and hopes and dreams and um you know i i think for me i i think my my favorite moments are the, the moments where none of those veneers are on the table, you know, where the masks are off. I think that's part of the reason why whenever there's, like, uh, some sort of family function, I end up hanging out with uh, the kids because, you know, anyone under 12 feels like they're going to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think for me, um, I try and treat everyone with that kind of respect, you know.
0: And, you know, I, I've really been impacted by a number of your songs over the years. I love the song Mess of Me. Um, I love the song Afterlife. You know, you, you're asking those big questions in there. You know, we meant to live for so much more. You know, I, I, don't want, I want to live uh, now, not just for the afterlife. You know, uh, you know I, I love the fact that you're asking all these big questions. One of the songs that really got me thinking uh, early on in my faith was a song called The Shadow Proves the Sunshine. Um just tell us a bit about the heart behind that song because it's a brilliant concept.
1: Yeah, so that song was born from a trip to the southern hemisphere over in South Africa. Uh you know, Australia, the United States, um a lot of the world we have kind of these these strange realities where where things are pretty good and and um you you visit I mean, for us, even just going south of the border into into Mexico, and and you're reminded of a planet that that um, where a lot of people don't have enough food to eat, that that life is pretty bleak, and you would think that going to South Africa, that that you would see less joy, that you would see you know in the poverty, in the in the places where um, people need the most you'd you'd expect to see uh an absence of joy and if anything, the opposite was true. you know I found these kids um with next to nothing with an abundance of joy and i I realized I was the the debtor to them. I was the one who had money but but not meaning and um so that song was was born out of that trip um the shadow proves the sunshine. That that even in these areas of our lives that feel like like um, we're yearning for light, even that longing is is evidence of of the light that that, that we need.
0: One of my favourite bands in the world is a band called Switchfoot from the USA, and we are chatting to John Foreman. Tell us a bit about this new project, uh, Native Tongue. You, you had a bit of a break. And then you came back to tell us uh, why you uh, you felt the need to have a bit of a break after all these years.
1: After our tenth record, we we just kind of wanted to stop and take a breath, and not knowing what the future looked like, you know, um, kind of disband and just kind of see see what was in store, you know, with with anything else. We spent time with our families and we just unplugged and. It was very ironic. Um, during that season, it felt like instead of chasing songs, the songs would chase us. You know, um, these songs would just fall into our lap, we, like we were drawn back to the studio, back to each other, to record these things. Um, it felt like this. I don't know. There's just really beautiful, natural progression where there was no no reason for us to be in the studio. We we, we were hesitant to even call it an album, but we we couldn't wait to record these songs, you know, and it was driven by joy and that's kind of where these songs came from was just the joy of of being together, the joy of of playing music together. Um, the The concept of the record is born out of the current climate that we're in where it feels like the only language that's afforded to us is the language of our differences, the language of conflict, of fear, of, of hatred. And I want to remind all of us to rewind the clock back to the origin, um, the word himself, speaking all of this into existence, that love is our native tongue. Love himself is, is why
0: we're here. And you know what? I know that you guys don't just talk the talk; you you walk the walk. I mean, love isn't just saying the right thing; it's actually doing the right thing. It's you know, love is in action, isn't it? You know, and I know that you guys, as a band, have been very passionate about uh, great charities like uh, to write Love in Her Arms and Habitat for Humanity. How important is it that you guys uh, actually uh, support these charities and and have a cause attached to you as a band?
1: Yeah, I think. If you're going to sing songs about hope, you have to find a way to live that out in a million ways. So for us, actually, we were flying home from Australia after one tour, I think it was like 13 years ago. And we, we said, you know, everyone keeps calling us a Christian band. Um, what's the best way to live that out? How do we live that out bigger than titles and, and words? And music genres. What does that look like? And so we started this thing called the Switchfoot Bro uh, for homeless and at risk youth in our hometown. And, um, yeah, that I, more than winning a Grammy or any tour or record, that event is actually what we're most proud of. It is our favorite day of the year, and, um, the community has raised almost two million dollars for kids, you know, and I feel like those, those are, um, bigger than the music that feels like um, a legacy that that we're prouder of than any song
0: Yeah it's so great uh, the the Bro-Am and all the stuff that you guys do with the other charities you work with as well and uh, before we go I'm just curious to know about social media with you guys like things have changed so much over the years everyone's now on social media and um, is it a great way for you guys to connect with your fans and, and share your message?
1: Yeah I mean like any tool or instrument, it's it's got a it's got a blade that cuts both ways, right? Where it's um it's got its pros and cons. I love the fact that with a few um in a, in a few minutes, I can communicate with hundreds of thousands of people around the world. I mean, we felt that firsthand talking about when uh, when Jerome was battling with cancer, you know, just less than a month ago of asking for everyone to pray for Jerome. I got texts from people all over the world um, praying for Jerome and asking about how he is and what they could do to help is phenomenal. And then I think the danger is that we are all um, in danger of of, uh, becoming smaller rather than bigger, that that we are actually shrinking our world to the size of, of an iPhone screen rather than expanding our world. And so I think, yeah, it's it's like a knife. It's it's great if it's used in the right way, right?
0: Yeah. Well, we pray for the Lord uh, to continue to bless you guys. We've we've been big fans of you over here in Australia for many years. Uh, are you planning to come back anytime? I would
1: love to. Yeah, Australia has a you know a place that's near and dear to my heart. I love Australia. I feel like um, when I was in high school, I. I did an exchange program down in Australia and I was convinced I was going to go to college there and live there forever and um, I don't know what went wrong but, but I've, I've got I still got that on the menu <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cool, well come down anytime brother, we'd love to have you and uh, keep writing that music keep reaching people, keep shining your light uh, you guys do an awesome job uh, John Foreman, I reckon you're a history maker thanks for joining us. Honoured, thank you for having me bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au Station Sponsor